0: He knew that was coming. It's heat check time.
1: Welcome to the Heat Check Podcast. I'm your host, John Gonzalez, joined per usual by our producer, Isaac Lee. Hello, hello. What's going on, Isaac? Lots of things happening at the Ringer that we're very excited about. The Andre the Giant documentary, it is here, folks. It comes out tomorrow, Tuesday, April 10th. It's going to be on HBO at 10 p.m. Eastern, produced by Ringer Films and HBO Sports. Another Bill Simmons joint, David Shoemaker, the masked man, is all over it. Guys, it's fantastic. Even if you don't like pro wrestling, you're going to love it. If you like pro wrestling, you're really going to love it. I highly recommend it. I also recommend checking out the ringer.com. We've got a lot of good NBA content on there right now, including why James Harden is the MVP and the all-NBA teams from one Kevin O'Connor, who's going to be on the program a little bit later with senior editor Justin Verrier to break down the Eastern Conference playoff race and uh, some fun awards. And then after that, first time ever, Isaac. Mm. from the Ringer MLB show. Baseball. Michael Bauman will be on the program. We're not going to talk about baseball, though. You can probably guess what we're going to talk about, but Mm. I'm saving that for the very end. Mm. It's going to be me and Michael Bauman and another very special guest that I'm saving for the end. Isaac doesn't even know who it is.
2: Yeah, who is it, man?
1: You don't even know, and I'm going to save it for the end because uh, you can probably guess what we're going to talk about, but there's going to be a lot of it at the very end of the program. But first, a lot of things happening in the Western Conference. It has been absolutely wild, and for that, we need a straight shooter to break it all down for us. Isaac, let's hit it.
3: Boom, he's heating up. He's on fire. All
1: right, joining me on the phone right now. He's been on the New York Times bestseller list so many times. It's basically just his name on the list now. He's America's most important journalist. He's got a new story out on the ringer.com right now. <laughs> the Atlantic wanted it. He said no. The New Yorker wanted it. He said, nah, because he's so loyal to the ringer. He wrote it for us. It's the most impressive feats of Benny, the Jet Rodriguez, in the Sandlot ranked. It's the most important thing he's ever written. It's Shay Serrano. What's going on, Shay? What up, boy? Killer story. I, I love these ideas uh, that you have, and I wish that I could come up with them. You, that was a fun story.
4: Thank you. I enjoyed that one a whole, whole bunch, mostly because we finally realized that Benny is a Mexican. I'd always wondered what exactly he was. And then we finally figured it out.
1: You got to the bottom of it. Uh, Questions and answers. I I love it. Uh, I have a quick question for you before we go through the Western Conference, uh, because I have a lot of things that I want to get into about that. But uh, I was watching TV the other night and I had a crisis of basketball movies and I wanted to see which way you would go. At the exact same time, white men can't jump and blue chips was on. And I just flipped back and forth, but I love them both so much and I couldn't pick. Did I do the right thing or should I have picked one?
4: No, you pick one. You pick White Men Can't Jump over every, not only over every basketball movie, but over every sports movie. It's the best sports movie of all time. It's also secretly the best movie about race of all time.
1: You've said that, and I think think you're onto something there. It's a really amazing movie. My problem is I can't get enough of the really cheesy athlete performances in Blue Chips. Plus, the Nick Nolte monologue at the very end where he talks about the nuclear surfboard, Mm -hmm. really fantastic.
4: That's a great... Great scene. And you know what? Shaq is like surprisingly not terrible. Surprisingly not terrible. And Anthony Hardaway is like kind of a sweetheart. It's
1: not bad. It's not a bad movie. All right. So also not bad right now. The Western Conference is absolutely crazy. Uh, every time you look up, something else is happening. I was at the Utah Jazz-Lakers game last night. The Jazz beat the Lakers. They clinched a playoff spot. They are on an absolutely ridiculous run right now, Shay, uh, mm-hmm. since January, mid-January, when Gobert came back from his second injury. They lost to the Hawks on this road trip, and then they got their shit together, and since then, they're 28-5. and five. Donovan Mitchell went absolutely nuts. He went nuts last night. Uh, are you surprised by what the Jazz are doing?
4: Everybody is surprised by what the Jazz are doing. Maybe the only one who's not is Rudy Gobert, yeah. but I think that even like deep down, he's surprised at how well they're playing after Gordo left. Donovan Mitchell has been Unbelievable to watch. Just like he's like a fourth year player right now. That's how he's playing. He just has all the confidence in the world. Like, I'm just going to go out here and I'm going to put up 46 tonight, is what it seems like he's thinking every time he gets on the court. It's incredible.
3: Yo, yo he had 28,
1: 9, and 8 against the Lakers last night and was just mm-hmm. like, yeah. And I talked to him in the locker room afterwards and it's very rare for a team, especially a team that was floundering and was trying to get itself back together to just hand over one side of the floor to a rookie. It generally doesn't work out very well. And Quinn right. Snyder was like, "Yeah, man, it's Donovan Mitchell. He's clearly our best offensive player. We're going to run with it and see how it goes." And it's worked out great for them. And Donovan Mitchell was like, "Yeah, it's a credit to Quinn for letting me do it and he's made me realize that like I'm not a rookie now, you know. It's it's April. It can't be like yeah. I was thinking about it in October. I'm shocked by how good he's been."
4: Yeah, how could you not be? Nobody saw that coming. Nobody. I think my favorite part of watching Donovan Mitchell play is the look that a defender gets when he realizes like you can always sort of tell when Donovan's about to do something really impressive. And I think the defenders have picked up on that too. So you're watching the game, like the Laker game and you, and you know, the guys in defensive stance and you see his face, like realize shit. And then it just falls apart in front of him, <laughs> yeah. And it's so much fun. Like you don't, you don't see a lot of rookies who are able to put that face on defenders. Uh, you know, LeBron, of course, was able to do it. He came in as a as a juggernaut. But, like, Kobe didn't do that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, a, a bunch of guys have never been able to do that as rookies. And Donovan is doing that every night, it
1: seems. This is how bananas this is. You're, you're absolutely right about, like, rookies who come in and lead their team in scoring. Like, what happens? Like, I think, I'm pretty sure, I have to go back and check this. The, uh, when LeBron led uh, his team in scoring, they ended up with, like, 32 wins. Kyrie did it and they had 21 wins Donovan Mitchell Mm -hmm. as a rookie leading his team in scoring has the fifth most wins in NBA history. The rest of the list is insane. (laughs) It's like, it's like Larry Bird, Wilt Chamberlain and, uh, like guys that are just all timers. I mean, it's really crazy to see what he's done. I love him. I love what they're doing in, in Utah I stop at the Rookie of the Year argument. Where are you on the Rookie of the Year? And and keep in mind what podcast you're on and, and your friend who's hosting it.
4: <laughs> no, I'm... Uh, I don't know. I'm stuck. I mean, it's him and Ben, right? Those are the two guys that you're arguing between?
1: Yeah, that's the only two.
4: Those are the only two that, that you can pick. I think either one of those you pick, you're going to be right, and you're going to be wrong. I would lean towards giving it to donovan mitchell mainly because my heart mainly because quinn snyder looks like the bad european villain (laughs) in uh in like a early 90s movie
1: he has amazing hair like up close it's even better it's really impressive hair
4: is it it looks extremely greasy
1: it's not as greasy in person. It's uh, I mean, he really? he's got some product in there for sure, but it's that kind of hair that you've got to keep brushing back because if you don't, it'll fall on your face. And I'm like, he, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how old he is. He's probably like in his fifties, doing great. Yeah.
4: What was the? Uh, oh, you remember the movie Double Impact? Of course, John Claude Van Damme. Do I? And he's like a, you know, the good brother, bad brother, and the bad brother has the slick back hair. Yeah, falls in his face. Yes. That's what I think of when I see Quinn Steiner.
1: He has to be in the remake of that. I'm going to advocate for that next time I see him. In terms of other awards, he's getting a lot of buzz for Coach of the Year because I think he had to navigate a lot of things. As I said, uh, you know Donovan Mitchell being... It's one thing to, for all of us to go, yo, Donovan Mitchell's a killer. This kid's going to be amazing. He already is amazing. It's quite another for you to be like, I'm going to give him the keys to the offense and we're going to ride or die with him. And then on yeah. top of that, you had to figure out like what you're doing with your rotations when Gobert went down the first time and then the second time. And then you had uh, Rodney Hood and Joe Johnson, who thought that they were going to be the guys offensively. And you know they you had to <laughs> deal with that. And then Ricky Rubio wasn't playing well. And to be able to figure out all of that and put the puzzle together and get them into the playoffs, I think he should be in the Coach of the Year conversation.
4: Yeah, I, I want to vote for him as well. I think when you think about it like like that on the outside, everybody's going, "Yeah, just let Donovan do it." Like that's easy for us to say. Yeah. But if Quinn Snyder doesn't and it doesn't work out, yep. like you lose your job and your whole life is uprooted. <laughs> if, this, if, this rookie, if this rookie doesn't do a thing that only five other players in the history of the NBA have done, then your life is over, basically. Uh, so good luck. Like that's incredible to me. So yeah, give it a Quinn.
1: I, 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 want to be clear here. I'm not giving it to Quinn. I I'd probably still go with, uh, <laughs> I I'd probably still go with Dwayne Casey. Uh, but I have Quinn on that second line with Brett Brown, like in that tier of, wow, shit, they really did a great job this year. And I don't think a lot of people were expecting these kind of returns this soon.
4: So you've got Dwayne Casey, Brett Brown, Quinn Snyder, yeah, but no Mike D'Antoni?
1: Mike D'Antoni is in the conversation for sure. Here's the problem with Mike D'Antoni. He won it last uh-huh. year, and and I think it's like it's just easy to go, best best team in the league, just give it to the coach who was doing it. Uh, although, I would give right. him full, full marks for figuring out a way to get crazy Chris Paul to play second banana to anybody, let alone James Harden. Right. To just come, like, I don't know what he, what kind of jetty of mind tricks he used, but uh, kudos. Right, right, right. Why you have Mike D'Antoni first? You just said you were voting for Quinn Snyder. How many coaches of the year are no, you voting I've got, for? I've
4: got Quinn. I've got Quinn first, and I've got D'Antoni second. But what? I feel like D'Antoni should probably get it. I'm superstitious. So I'm like, give it to D'Antoni, so they can lose to
1: the Spurs again in the playoffs, <laughs> like last year. I like, I like that you're using the reverse, the preemptive reverse curse. Uh, last couple of things uh-huh. on the uh, on the Jazz. Quinn Snyder said that they don't, they're not really focused on seeding. It's what you would expect because n- nobody says that right now. And also, how could you know? But they've got two tough games to close it out. They got Golden State on Tuesday at home, and then they're on the road at Portland, which could really determine who's in that third seed. What kind of chance do you give them? To move up to the three, and then beyond that, like, is this a team that's built to make a run in the playoffs?
4: This is a team that's built to get the third seed, and then it's a team that's built to be upset in the first round when they end up against like OKC or somebody like that,
1: somebody to upend them potentially.
4: Yeah, that's what's going to happen. They're gonna, they going to tell you that they don't, they're not worried about the seed, and of course they are. That's just, you know, that's what what young teams do. Sure, but then they get it, and then they play an older team you end up against San Antonio in the sixth spot, and you're like, well, fuck. We know that they can win one in Utah.
1: It's weird that you pulled out San Antonio from that group. I wouldn't have anticipated that. I have to get your thoughts on one other jazz player. This is the longest ever jazz conversation on Heat Check. Uh, (laughs) Or I think on the ringer. Uh, So I don't want to hear it from Utah ever again. You guys should be applauding us. Uh, I saw Ricky Rubio in person last night. Speaking of uh, hair, I've always been a big Ricky Rubio fan. I I need your (laughs) thoughts on his samurai top knot. I love it. Me too. I'm
4: very pro Ricky Rubio. Me too. You know what? When, when, uh, my sons were, I think six years old, one of the dads of one of the other kids on the team looked exactly like Ricky Rubio. He had two kids as well, two younger sons. And my boys and his boys were on the same soccer team and the same basketball team a couple of years in a row. And the guy was, uh, was incredibly charming. He was like a doctor or <laughs> becoming course, a doctor. He, or something. Was. he was young and very handsome. And, uh, he played basketball all the time, too, so he's really good, and I sort of became smitten with him, so now every time I see Ricky Rubio, I think of that guy.
1: I think we need to track him down. You need to set up a play date, but it's really for you. I wouldn't love that. That has to happen. Uh, all right, so that's enough jazz talk. Uh, let's blow through the rest of the Western Conference. The Rockets, they lost to the, we'll, we'll do Rockets and Thunder together. Thunder beat the Rockets. Did you watch that game? I uh, know,
4: I was at the Small Ball Musical.
1: Oh, that's right. Yes, you did tell me that while we were doing the pre-show. Uh, well, what you missed was quite a game. James Harden was pretty pissed off throughout the entire game. He has perfected, by the way, the offensive arm hook where he's driving and he throws his uh, non-ball hand into a defender and gets a call. Uh, he got right. that call about a thousand times. Didn't work out for them though. They lost at home. The Thunder 5-5 five and five over the last 10, still in it. Russ went and did Russ stuff. Mello made some shots finally. PG was good at D. Uh, if they went out, there in, but still it's up in the air. How do you feel about the Thunder? How do you feel about the Rockets?
4: I think, well, I know the Rockets are the odds on favor right now to win the championship. They are. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to watch them play the Warriors in the conference finals. I think that's the matchup everybody's been waiting for since like December when everybody realized that the Rockets were going to work out as a team. So that is going to be, you know, that'll be the big showdown that's going to be very fun. As far as the Thunder, I still don't know. We are Three days left in the season at this point, and I still don't know if they're good or not, which is really, really weird, especially for a team that has Paul George and Russell Westbrook. But I'm not going to say Carmelo Anthony.
1: You're not that <laughs> No. Are you out on him?
4: Yes, I've been out on on Carmelo since, since the Knicks. I think it's a very fun conversation to have to ask if Carmelo is actually good at basketball or not.
1: So I don't know uh, if you saw the fake awards that we handed out as a group post on Friday, but we did like a bunch of things like, um, you know, skeleton key player who unlocks whatever and uh, the guy who did the most with the least. One <laughs> of the ones we did was most washed player, Paolo Escoblog, picture guy, Carmelo Anthony.
4: As he should have. Pablo's a genius. I've been saying this for a long time. <laughs>
1: And and so young. He's got his whole life ahead of him. I'm really jealous. I am uh, less sour on Melo. I like him just fine as a third option. I never thought we'd get to the point where he'd, he'd allow himself to be. But I think it's really interesting that when you have Russell Westbrook and Paul George and Carmelo Anthony on the same team, three guys who are three of the best of their generation, they're still in danger of missing the playoffs. Like, that's not good.
4: No, that's terrible. That is extremely terrible. You know what it is with with Carmelo, Anthony? He's extremely good at, like, one thing, but that's the thing that you don't ever need, really. And people are like, oh, wait, you know, if it gets down to the end of the playoff game, you need somebody to score a basket or whatever like that, but that's not what he's going to do. That's not what he's ever done for his career. Carmelo is like, if you make a really good seven-layer dip and then you show up to a dinner party where that's not the food you're supposed to have. And you're like, but this thing is so good. Look at how good it is that I've made it. And everybody goes, well, we don't need that. Uh, That's not what we
1: need. I love, uh, your analogies and metaphors. I take my leave here. Uh, what do you mean? Seven layer dip is good for all occasions. It's amazing. (laughs)
4: Seven layer dip is delicious. And I have eaten it several times as a dinner meal, but (laughs) it's not appropriate for all situations. (laughs)
1: Listen, I've heard you talking about your parenting skills. Please tell me that you're feeding the kids and yourself when left to your own devices, just seven-layer dip.
4: Yes, that is a true and real thing. You can can call my wife and you can ask her. It has all of the stuff in there that you would eat otherwise. It has beans, it has meat, it has has cheese, it has sour cream. It has everything you need. (laughs) Like, it's a taco, essentially, and my kids eat tacos all the time. So, yeah, if she's going to go somewhere, I'm like, hey, can you make us a dip, and we'll just eat that for the whole day.
1: And that's what we do. We're going to have, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to come for the playoffs to Texas and we're going to have seven layer dip with that dude that you mentioned. And it's going to be great and not weird at all. (laughs) We're just going to show up at his house. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. Uh, all right. More stuff here in the Western Conference. The Warriors beat the Suns, which, you know, great shakes. They did lo- lose to the Pelicans over the weekend. They're five and five over the last 10. Are you worried at all about the Warriors? Steve Kirk kind of called them out. He said, it's tough to win when no one tries. And he said that it's mm-hmm. ca- that caring in general has been the main problem, uh, which I thought was really amazing that he would say that. He said, just in general, it's hard to win an NBA game if you don't put forth an effort at all, at which point the reporters, being intrepid reporters, what you do, is you bring that quote to one of the players and you say, What do you think about what your coach said? So they brought it to K D and K D was like, Nah, I thought we cared. Right. Did they care?
4: No, they don't care right now. Why would they care right now? They've won more games in the last three years than any team in the history of NBA over any three year stretch, I think. Why do they care right now about playing the fucking Suns on a on a Sunday night? Who cares? Get to the playoffs, they're gonna blow through whoever they play in the first round, and you know then they probably get a San Antonio or OKC, one of those two in the second round. And that's when it gets serious. Yeah, that'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll win the championship this year.
1: I'm with you. I I'm less uh, certain about the championship prospects. I think they will be fine in terms of they'll get it together and they're going to make the Western Conference Finals, and then we'll see what happens. But this has been their thing mm-hmm. all year. I wrote about this earlier. Like literally all year, they've been trying to figure out ways to keep themselves interested. Like remember when Steve Kerr was doing the thing with the slinky and the nail clippers and whatever? He was the most bored. Mm-hmm. Now he's like, eh, everybody's bored over here, but they'll be fine. They did lose to the Pelicans. I wanted to bring the Pelicans up to you. They won three straight. They're six and four over the last 10. We did that group post that I mentioned where we handed out the other awards. Uh, I gave Anthony Davis my more with less award because aside from Drew Holiday, that roster is garbage. I mean, Rajon Rondo is getting actual minutes. He's still in the league.
4: Mm -hmm. They have a really, really bad roster. I write about basketball for a living. You that's do how I it. make my money and pay for my my family to have food and their bills. And I can't name four players on the roster who aren't <laughs> DeMarcus and and Davis and Rondo. I don't know who else there is.
1: I think that's it. I think that's the. They actually only play with four dudes. They just and and, <laughs> and Boogie Boogie just limps out there with his ruptured Achilles. It's really it's really strange. Uh, so you're not you're not buying their prospects in the playoffs, right? Are you think they're one and done?
4: No. Yeah, they, they'll, if they get in, they're out of there. What in if, and out, that's all they get. What if it's
1: right now, It's uh, the 4-5 matchup would be very interesting. It would be Jazz Pelicans. What if it's Jazz Pelicans? One of those has to advance. No, I don't,
4: they both just get canceled. <laughs> that's
1: it's what the first time ever enemy. that whatever team mm-hmm. that they would face next round gets a bye. Uh, I have to ask you one more Pelicans thing, too. Did you see Jordan okay. Crawford's shoe selection over the weekend? Uh, no, I did not. You're gonna love this. This is perfect for you. Jordan Crawford became the first non-ball family member to wear the Triple B brand. He put on the Big Baller Brand shoes and rocked him in an Did NBA really? game. Yeah. What was his stat line that game? Uh, he had like 13 points in nine minutes. Perfect. That's a perfect big ball. Or- That's the biggest a big ball of brand can do. (laughs) He said initially when the shoes first came out that he was riding with LeVar. He's like Mm -hmm. the only person that's lobbying LeVar for like a triple B (laughs) endorsement.
4: Well, you know, go get it where you can get (laughs) it. I'll wear, I'll wear some, some big ball of brand shoes for a I don't know. Give me $1,000 and I'll wear them for six months.
1: Go get it. Uh, all right. Wolves 5-5 five and five over their last 10. They beat the Lakers. Jimmy Butler came back from his knee injury, scored 18. Does any team need a player like Jimmy more than the Wolves? Like, they're such a different team with him.
4: Yeah. I don't even know how that works. Like, I've seen teams that, are, that look like not themselves when they're missing their best play. You know, I've been watching Kawhi all season uh, not play for, for my beloved Spurs. And we look just so much more dangerous when he's out there. And short of that, I think it's Jimmy Butler. After that, with the Wolves, they they show up. They don't have Jimmy Butler, and it's like, well, you're gonna get shit kicked out of you in this fight. But Jimmy's there, and you go like, you know what? Never mind. I don't want I don't want any part of this trouble.
1: I've made this point before, like Wiggins wants to be the guy and he is not the guy. Like Jimmy Butler is very much the guy. And without him, the, the Wolves are pretty ordinary. By the way, the Wolves and the Nuggets uh, face off against each other this week to finish things out. Tibbs versus Mike Malone on Wednesday. Sharks put this in our Slack. He was wondering if it's going to be a pink slip game for whichever team loses it, because right now they have the exact same record. They're tied for that eighth spot uh, in the Western Conference playoffs. Does the loser go home? Does the loser lose his job?
4: I hope so. I hope that they make that like an official thing, though. Like, they should announce it before the game starts. Guys, guess what? Whoever loses this game, you're out. And that would be fantastic.
1: Loser leaves town match.
4: Loser leaves town match. They should incorporate that during the season. That should be like a thing.
1: I love it. I, th- I think that this needs to, uh, Adam Silver needs to get on that. Shea Serrano has good ideas. All right. Last one for you, because, uh, how could I possibly have you on the heat check podcast without talking about your beloved team? The Spurs beat the Blazers. Blazers lost three in a row, by the way. Uh, now they're sort of in danger of losing the three seed. As I mentioned, they're going to play the uh, jazz on Wednesday at home. That could have uh, major seating implications, but in the interim, the Spurs look like they're gonna make the playoffs They're six and four over their last ten. How do you feel about them? Kawhi is, I don't know, I guess he's in New York now still. Nobody knows where he is. <laughs> Lamarcus is your main guy. I personally am not I wouldn't be thrilled or very confident about going into the playoffs with Lamarcus as my main guy. What, what's your mindset right now? How do you feel?
4: My mindset is that Lamarcus is the best center in the NBA, mm-hmm. as Kevin O'Connor stated publicly for the record. <laughs> and we're gonna be fine. We're gonna be okay. I'm my fingers are extremely cross that we end up in eighth spot and we get a Rockets Spurs for the first round. That's really all I'm hoping for. The Spurs are not going to win the championship this year. Everybody knew that going in. So you said sort of benchmarks for a successful season. Same as you would if you're at shooting practice and you know, I'm going to shoot 100 shots. I know I'm not going to make 100. But if I can hit 62 of them, that's successful for me. I think that's what the Spurs are doing. I know that's what I'm doing as a Spurs fan. So my only goal this year is just to beat the Rockets in the playoffs. And if we do that, then we won the title as far as I'm concerned.
1: Win, win, win for you. I'm, I'm rooting for you. You mentioned your boy KOC. He's actually coming up next on the program. He was on uh, Heat Check last week. He's on a Heat Check all the time now. Like he, He's on every podcast everywhere. He's on every show. He was on NBA Desktop and in both Desktop and Heat Check last week, he basically lobbied you to forgive him. He is quite distraught that you're angry at him and his Spurs takes. And I think, he just wrote a story on TheRinger.com today where, with his all-NBA teams. He might be the only person mm-hmm. in uh, anywhere who has Lamarcus aldridge first team all nba yeah. i think he did that to curry favor with you would you like to right now before kevin comes on forgive him
4: now i'm 100% certain he only put that in there so that i would be nice to him and <laughs> i'm also 100% certain that i would never forgive him and that we will forever be enemies and i wish that this was real life so that i could knock my chair over on the floor when i leave the room and then he has to walk in and Pick the chair up before he can sit down. That's the kind of stuff I'm going to do to Kevin O'Connor for the rest of my life.
1: I thought that I could uh, broker a summit between you two, but not this week, maybe next week. He's shay Serrano. He is uh, very famous and talented. Read all his stuff. Shea, thanks so much for doing this, man. All right, Bob, let's take it easy. All right, homie. All right, we're going to get to KOC and Verrier and talk a little Eastern Conference playoff picture. But first, before we do, a word from our sponsor today's heat check is brought to you by the google assistant with the google assistant you can complete over a million actions on your phone in your car around your house do you ever forget where you parked at the game i frequently do well when you're walking around the stadium after the game and you can't for the life of you remember where your car is check this out hey google remember where i parked in lot b row five
4: okay i'll remember you parked at lot b row five i'll also save a map of your current location
1: Download the Google Assistant today. HeatCheck is also brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? Posting your job position to sites and waiting and waiting for the right people to see it. Well, guess what? ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact... of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. Right now, our listeners at HeCheck can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Just go to ziprecruiter.com slash ringer NBA. That's ziprecruiter.com slash ringer NBA. One more time, ziprecruiter.com slash ringer NBA. It's ziprecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And now, KOC and Barrier. Boom,
3: shakalaka! He's heating up. He's on fire. All
1: right, joining me in the studio right now, our senior editor and senior know it all, we've got Justin Barrier and Kevin O'Connor. To break down the Eastern Conference. He's the senior know it all. You're the senior yes, I, ass. Who's who? No. Uh, yeah, I'm separating those two no, things no-it-all. out.
0: You know all these things about basketball. That was a compliment. Shea sure he just busted me for him being all about nuance. You're here. You're, you're, you're Shay, Shay was not, I tried.
1: Look, I tried to broker a reconciliation between the two of you. Clearly, not going to happen. Maybe on another podcast. Uh, but that's okay because it's Kumbaya here to talk about the Eastern Conference. I don't want to. This is going to surprise the two of you. I don't want to spend a lot of time on the Philadelphia 76ers because we've got a whole segment coming up. Uh, Uh, in the third block of the show. However,
2: are they doing okay? If the two
1: of you would like to (laughs) laud them while uh, we're here, please Mm -hmm. have at it. 50 wins for the first time since 2001, (laughs) 14 game winning streak ties a franchise record. Got some good players. Uh, You guys
2: look very excited. Yeah. No, I, I just told your upcoming guest, that I have a fault. You just, take just, you just brewing. broke news.
1: You just broke news. Oh, did I? Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> it's definitely not on the,
2: on the pod uh, breakdown Sh- spoiler, or spoiler. Yeah, or anything, go ahead. Yeah, no. I'm. Uh, I, I think I've had it with Markel <laughs> Fultz. Uh, I'm done. I just don't want to hear about him ever again. You've had enough. We've condensed all of all of the goodwill towards Fultz into a, like a two week span, mm-hmm. and it's now just getting to the point where every time he makes a poopy, like Philadelphia just like freaks out, like it's the biggest thing in the world.
0: I'm necessarily not freaking out. That's also true. <laughs> uh,
1: I like I said. I don't want to. I don't want to get into the Sixers right now because I have a lot of Sixer stuff that I'm saving uh, for our two guests at the end of the show. But I am excited, and mm. I think it's interesting, and I think they're very good. And that Cavs game was a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and faults.
2: We'll see what happens with faults. Right. I, I think the just the more interesting question is with the East wide open as it is, as we're going to discuss presumably right now. <laughs> uh, like, how much of a chance do they have? Because if they were to make the finals, let's just say that'd be pretty unprecedented. Just considering that their two best players are a rookie and ostensibly like a. A rookie in a, a quarter you know
0: yeah well I think with Philadelphia clearly I mean I, I have two guys on my all-nba team with them they have Joel Embiid second team Ben Simmons third team I think that says everything you need to know about where this team is they are so far ahead of where anybody could have expected even the most optimistic Sixers fan mm-hmm. couldn't have expected to have them and will they make the finals conversation already it's remarkable it is. And we're going to get into
1: your all NBA team a little bit later. Uh, you had some interesting selections on there. As I noted with Shea Serrano, who was completely mm. convinced that you put LaMarcus Aldridge on your first team to curry favor with them. Didn't work. It didn't work, but I like the idea. <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. Uh, let's talk about how wide open the East is. Let's go with the Raptors first. They won three in a row. They beat the Magic. They've been the, the most consistent, one of the most consistent teams in the NBA all season. Certainly the most consistent team in the Eastern Conference this year. Is this the year for the Raptors? Meh.
2: I don't know. Shoulder shrug and yeah. uh, maybe, probably. Uh, I've just never been like truly inspired by what they they've don't been get doing. Excited? No, and it's just like I, I always feel reductive talking about the East in general, but also specifically about the Raptors because the the biggest question about them is the one that's been lingering over them for the past three seasons, which is the playoff question, and you wonder if. Yes, DeMar DeRozan has made improvements. Some of the other star players have made improvements. OG and playing differently. Playing a little differently. But it's still like they're going to have a shorter rotation in the playoffs. And guys like Fran- Fred Van Vliet might... I can't even Hard say that. Say. Hard to say. Because it's a say. double V. Who has a double V? You're <laughs> right. giving me a double V? I have a single V. I, I just keep it simple. Yes, one V, But some, some of these guys that are making a big difference for them, I wonder how much they're going to play in the playoffs. And so
0: it trickles down that way. It's going to be fascinating. I'm more interested in seeing how their game translates to the playoffs. Probably more than any East team. Philly as well will be will be interesting to watch, but Toronto obviously based on the last four playoff series they're different this time around. Their defense is better. Granted, it's really slipped the last month and a half, but their offense plays differently. I wonder how much it translates or if they slip back into those, you know, really ball stopping habits. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think so either. I, I, I mean, like,
1: they're, and this is why I've got uh, Dwayne Casey for coach of the year because, mm. you know, I, I was done with Dwayne Casey. I couldn't figure out why they're bringing back ostensibly like the exact same team with the same coach and the same philosophy. And they went, no, well, Dwayne's going to, have them play differently this year and they committed to it and it's worked for them.
0: I had Casey as coach of the year probably around a month ago and I don't have him number one anymore. It's a crazy race. Someone brought up the point. Are we really going to award Dwayne Casey for installing... An offense that shoots threes and moves <laughs> <amidst> the ball? <laughs> they I should mean, have like, done three years whoa, ago. Whoa! Yes. There we go! Yeah, Amazing. Over, <laughs> over, over, over Greg Popovich, who has still managed to win almost 50 games without Kawhi Leonard, right? with really an average roster, mm-hmm. or over Brad Stevens, who, who had a star player for five minutes, and then his other superstar has only played around 60 games, and he's maximized or- that roster to win 55-plus games. Are you really going to give Casey the award just for... Ball moving is shooting. Yes, Yes, I actually
1: am because I didn't think it was possible for him to change. You didn't mention the two guys that I have uh, right behind Dwayne Casey too, which is Quinn Snyder and Brett Brown. Quinn Snyder. I think that they've done really fantastic jobs with difficult circumstances. But yes, for sure. Dwayne Casey for me was get rid of it <laughs> Before the year started, I was like, I don't get this. I don't understand. Like you got to change something. They're not, they're not really changing the players because they ended up bringing back loud. And, right. And I felt like you, and I was like, if you're not going to do that, then at least get a new coach <laughs> to bring in a new philosophy. You can teach old dogs, new tricks, uh, mm. different spots on the leopard, whatever you want to come up with. Dwayne Casey
2: did it. Right. For sure. And I, I think uh, the Grizzlies might be kind of a good counter example of what you could do incorrectly. Whereas yeah. they brought back, their core, which is aging, and now there there's some differences that are really specific and important here. Where Marcus Howell has the foot injury, Conley has been battling injuries throughout, and Damar and Kyle have been pretty consistent in terms of uh, just not getting injured. But they kind of kept their what they had and almost added to it and just augmented, which is almost more difficult than just building from the ground up and, and being able to stack. Decisions on top of decisions, whereas you're kind of doing this on the fly and they've really just nailed some of those ancillary moves that have made all the difference for them.
1: Uh, Also in the Eastern Conference, uh, the Celtics had sort of a, they were really good at the beginning and they lost some players and now they're seven and three over their last 10. They're still plugging along. However, however, you're only as good as your last game gang. (laughs) They lost to the Hawks at home yesterday. They didn't play a lot of their guys down the stretch fine, whatever, but they lost to the Hawks at home yesterday. Made me smile. They're locked into that two seed how do we feel about the Celtics resident Boston enthusiast Kevin O'Connor? I'd be more looking back. Forget that Hawks game. Like, as you said, no, nobody played. Nobody played.
0: It's really last week but against still, Toronto. But still, they did lose. I want to point yeah, that out. Lose. I don't know if
1: I mentioned that they <laughs> lost to the Hawks. It's
0: last week against Toronto. Really get a look at where in a playoff situation, Toronto's defense is elevated. Jason Tatum is being leaned on. Tatum didn't really have his best game. That's what Boston's going to need to have. They need Tatum to be in his prime when he's only 20. And you're not going to get that. It's going to be extremely difficult for Boston to make an extended run in the playoffs when Tatum, Horford are playing without Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving coming back was really, I think, what would have given them the push. You can't rely on Terry Rosier to do it every, every night. They're going to be scrappy. They're going to be tough, just like they have been the last two playoffs. But without Kyrie, they I can't take them seriously as really making a push in the East anymore.
1: Potential first-round matchups for them, Justin Verrier, Heat, Bucks, and Wizards. Any danger there?
2: Who's the most dangerous for them? <laughs> You'd want to say the Wizards simply because they have the type of talent where they should be a top four seed in the East <laughs> at this point. But they're just, they can never get anything right. Marcin Gortat is either yeah. subtweeting or just straight up calling them out <laughs> yeah. in can, the middle of. Can we, the we get Gortat
0: it? on the phone? Yeah, I would, would can we get I would love to chat with him about, about that team.
2: I mean, around Christmas, when they took it to the Celtics in that Christmas Day game, I was thinking about them as a type of team that could break through in the second half of the season. They just have all these pieces. They have the top-tier talent, which is what you need in the playoffs, as mm-hmm. we so often hear. Uh, I just I can't buy them. Seriously, I do look at the Bucs, though. You have Bucks, Giannis. You'd have the best player on the floor. And if I'm one of those teams, either the Heat, Bucks, or Wizards, I'd be tanking or trying to get up to that seven seed just to make <laughs> sure I'm playing the Celtics.
1: Yeah, I actually. I mean, if you're the Wizards, you'd have the best player on the floor too, and John Wall. But I think uh, the Bucks is, is really Wall interesting. John Wall, the best
0: player on the Wizards.
1: <laughs> you, are you gonna? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm, playing, are you devils, you are I'm you? playing
0: devil's advocate. I sure. love <laughs> when you do this. <laughs> I mean, i just saying, fantastic. I mean, if Terry Rozier is also on the floor, is it Brad Beal or? I mean, is it? I'm just playing devil's advocate. I think it's John Wall.
1: I think it's John I think Wall. So, I mean, like, look,
0: I I, 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 mean, like, I agree. I really yeah, like Brad I'm,
1: Beal, but yeah. uh, I think it's John Wall. Either way, though, I think you'd have the two best players on the floor if you're the Wizards. I really With Brad like. Beal. Yeah, I mean, I, I think well,
2: just not in crunch time. I think crunch time is a completely different situation because as we saw the other night, John Wall still trying to figure things yeah, out. Yeah, still that trying end. to figure things it out. A like, weird for, game. It, it doesn't.
1: Yeah. The, the Wizards' mix has been weird for a long time, and I wonder what happens if they are a first round out this year. If they finally shake it up, the Bucks would be interesting. The Heat generally give the Celtics problems. Are we now all of a sudden? Worried about the Celtics in the first round because yeah. I, I think we've oh, talked
0: each other into it for sure. Uh, I think you have to be. If you're a Celtics fan, it's like, well, you know. Got bit by the injury bug. It's too bad. All the luck ran out this particular season. Uh, Miami's tough, and they have the ability to play different ways. They have they have upside. Drog- guys like Drogic can step up. They can play big. They can play small. They're going to be a tough out regardless of who they face. So I think there's certainly a potential team that could upset a favorite in the first round, whether that's Boston or even Indiana.
1: Miami 6-4 like uh, and four over their last 10. They host the, the Thunder tonight. That's an interesting game for both teams. They both have to win. Uh, It turns out only
2: one of them can. Right, yeah. And I think the Thunder are a good example of something we're going to see both in the West and the East going into the playoffs. Just like the difference between a team as a regular season team and a playoff team. It's obviously glaring with the Thunder where they built their entire team on a top end hoping that they can get to the playoffs and turn it on in that regard. But I do wonder with some of the teams in the East whether... An Depot can make enough of a difference where they could make some noise, maybe make to the conference finals even.
1: Yeah, you know, I was going to kind of just gloss over the Cavs and the Pacers because we spent so much time talking about the Cavs and then the Pacers. Uh, I wrote about them last week. Mm-hmm. That was a long story. It felt like a good amount of Indiana talk. Are you buying Pacer stock? Or, or How do you feel about the Cavs? Let's get real quick with those two teams. Um, I, I'm shoulder shrug on both right now.
2: With Indiana, I wish they had made a move at the deadline. Which it sounds weird because this is kind of found money at this point. No one expected them to be even in the playoffs, let alone. Yeah, they've in the been great. Seed. So, But if they had made a move, the East is wide open, as we said, and they could have potentially done some damage. With the Cavs, it's more like, who else is there? And so you're almost resigned to the fact that we played all these games, 82, everyone, like six months of, of basketball, and we're basically just saying, hey, LeBron's the best player. That's all that matters.
0: I think the good part of your Indiana story, guns, was it's not just all of Depo. They have a lot of talent on that team. Miles Turner has been better. Even Granted, he struggled the last game. He's changed win. his
1: game since the All-Star break. Yes. He's really stopped shooting those like easy mid-rangers that they'll give you and mm. trying to get to the rim
0: For when sure. he's not
2: shooting threes. No more of a weird butt. Remember, he was yeah. a weird butt guy in the yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> They have a lot of good players on that team. It's a good mix. But ultimately... Victor Oladipo still needs to be the guy that elevates his game to an even higher level. He's been a killer. How much He's, higher can he go? He's He has been an absolute there's still monster. There's, there's still room. There's always room for a lot of players in the league, and Oladipo can get better as well. His shot needs to be like what it was early in the season not what it's been the last two months or so. And he's been great this month shooting the He's getting back on track. So and he's it, facilitating too. A 12 for sure. ass- in, that, in that game where they came back against the Clippers
1: when they were down double digits and like it looked like they were gonna cough one up on the road. All of a sudden he was he was already scoring and he got everybody involved. He had, I think, a season high, might have been, even been a career high
0: twelve assists. I mean, he looked fantastic. That's well, why, like, I'm wondering and, and like, how much I mean. more he could possibly do for them. That's what I mean. Like all season long, he's been the 23 5 and 5 guy. He's yeah. been unbelievable. I have him on my second team all NBA. I think he deserves even some first team all consideration because he's also an unbelievable defender. So, how can you ask for more, like you said? But you can't. Like the shot being more consistent in the playoffs, or at least him being hot on a high end of streakiness, playmaking can also be elevated as well. Look, Oladipo, I loved him in his draft and then he plateaued for four years and I completely soured. But now you're back in? All the way in, John all the way in. I like that you called it, me John. I know. Sometimes <laughs> first name basis, I, I've always like been a it. first name kind of guy. I've always <laughs> been a first name type of guy. Uh, uh, Nicknames are, are hard for me, but uh, but it, but like it, there's room for improvement and Indiana needs that to really I think make a push in the playoffs.
1: Real quick uh, as we record this four versus five matchup Eastern Conference would be Cavaliers and Pacers. Oof. What percentage chance would you give the Pacers to upend the
2: Cavaliers? Ten. And that's the problem with the Pacers. One they- out of ten shot. <sighs> Probably, that, I think
0: I'm, that's about right. i think give 30 or something like You'd that. You'd go higher.
1: Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, look, the Pacers have been fantastic. I Those aren't great odds. 30. Um, it's almost one in three. It's pretty close. It's pretty, it's I mean, solid. look, it's probably I higher than my, I'd go. Yeah. I, I think at most I'd go one in five at most. Um, just because you have LeBron, right? And like playoff LeBron is a different LeBron. And the Pacers have been an excellent story. But Pacers that, in the playoffs, that, that Cavs when it's, defense it, when it's beat us with mid-range jumpers, I'm not so sure about that. You mentioned uh, your all-NBA team. I wanted to do that with you before you guys get out of here. It's up on the ringer right now. Why James Harden is the MVP of the
2: league. A great headline uh, on that one. uh, I I wonder (laughs) who wrote
1: that senior editor. Very well done. Uh, But then also you put together your all NBA team. You edited the piece.
2: Sure. Right. Uh, yeah, I pretended to, yeah, I intended to. Yeah, I just passed it along to the copy desk. So <laughs> as you
1: were going through his All NBA team, uh, his first team right here, we have uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis in the front court, and then James Harden and Russell Westbrook in the backcourt. Take Umbridge with any of those?
2: No, I think the issue with this entire awards exercise and the awards season is just there's so many guys with so many missed games. Mm-hmm. And like my initial reaction was, "Whoa, Lamarcus Aldridge at center! Like that's such a Me weird too. thing to do." But I mean, <laughs> 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 <Joel> Embi- <laughs> but when you when you look into it, and Joel Embiid has only played sixty some odd games, like how do you yeah, reward him with the first team?
0: But it's not that. It's if Aldridge isn't first team center, I'm bumping Davis up there. Then Giannis is going to the second team. Is a forward like Embiid is not is behind Giannis still?
2: That's I, the other difficulty I, with the, the positions. positions and like positions. some people being eligible for some. Was Davis eligible as a
0: center?
1: Yes. Okay. And, and, and so he could have moved Davis to center and put uh, Giannis at forward. Or Dur- or even Durant. I'd put Durant in there. Or he could have moved too. LaMarcus Aldridge down and put Joel Embiid in there. I would have been
0: fine <laughs> with <laughs> any <laughs> of that. would have been
1: okay with that. I would have been fine with either of those. I got to be honest with you, Kevin. I'm kind of surprised that you didn't have Al, Al Horford first team. Uh, did, like, How
0: hard was it for you not he, to put he, Al Horford on your first team? He might drop off entirely because now that we can – the NBA changed it so Jimmy Butler is not just a guard anymore. Mm-hmm. He can also be put as forward. Which seems silly. Why, why Why can we put Ben Simmons and Jimmy Butler at guard and forward, but not LeBron James, who is a point guard, essentially?
2: The other thing that I was kind of caught by was just Russell Westbrook being on the first team. This Me too. Is, this is a guy that we talked about a couple months ago. Is like, would he even make an all-NBA team? And he's made a push, and he's really c- carried this Thunder team over the past couple weeks When Paul George has been struggling, when Melo just has looked somehow worse. (laughs) But we've seen, too,
1: like with Russell, yes, there are times when he carries a team, but there are also times when his rustness is a detriment, right? Like there's a stat where uh, if he takes 17 shots or fewer, they're, uh, you know, 19 and two. And when they take when he takes 18 shots or more, they have a losing record. So like sometimes he isn't facilitating as much sometimes even in the even in the Rockets game the other day th- that they won at Houston which was a big and necessary win for them there were moments when he would just come down the floor and jack up a three super early in the shot clock before they've done anything to set up and it's like oh that's the rust that you don't need you need the good Russ, who can get everybody involved. Well,
2: I think that's just the Russ experience,
1: right? Yeah, I you yeah, know Bill has
2: talked about like the 90 10 rule, and I mean, that's what you kind of have to deal with because the 90 often is pretty brilliant. And the way he's been running the pick and roll with Steven Adams, I remember that game against the Raptors where they just chewed them up running that play over and over and over again. And that's what you can get out of him. Would you, because I, I, I was with you, I wouldn't have Russ on my first team. Would you, if you didn't have Russ on
1: your first team, Depot, Lillard? That's the question. There's, like who would have The been. injuries
2: really screw things up. I've always been the type of guy where if they played enough, then I might just prioritize that. And Steph has been so good, especially at the way that the Warriors have played of late, where it's like, yeah, they've been okay, but they haven't been excelling. I might just reward him based on that. All of his advanced numbers first are insane. First team for Steph? Yeah, I know. And as I say it out loud, it sounds kind of ridiculous. He but. just,
1: you can't see this because it's a <laughs> podcast. But he did, uh, Kevin O'Connor, as you said that, uh, did an eyebrow shrug at you. Uh, very aggressive eyebrow move by Kevin O'Connor. Uh, second team, right, because you have Steph Curry on your third team, but let's get to the second team first. Second team, you've got Embiid, Giannis, Durant, Depot, and Lillard. That's a damn good team. I, I, some of those point. guys, a lot of those guys you can make a first team case for. Yeah, oh, Lillard. Maybe, Lillard maybe, and maybe, maybe all
0: five of them. Yeah, yeah. all five of them. Really Really could. I mean, Oladipo, one of the best two-way players in basketball this league. Lillard, unbelievable, mm-hmm. really surging Portland to the three seed. Giannis says Giannis. KD, granted, the Warriors have slipped. He's still... Outstanding two-way player, Embiid, mm-hmm. one of the best centers in basketball. Case can be made for all five. Would you say that last part about Embiid? Embiid, one of the best centers in basketball.
1: It's amazing, and you know what's <laughs> also amazing? As I mentioned, you've got Embiid on the second team. We get to your third team. You have on your third team Al Horford. I think that this was a typo. <laughs> How did you not have him higher? You got you got uh, Horford, Simmons, Jokic, uh, Demar DeRozan, and Steph Curry.
0: I feel like Ben Simmons isn't gonna make it. He made my third team yeah. and I think he I wish I could put him on second team, but I have a feeling he's not gonna make it. You don't think he's gonna get any I don't know. nods? I just people I, hate rookies. Yeah. They just they, do. they just
2: want them to earn it, which is always a stupid thing. They're
0: gonna put Paul George there, which blows my mind to be honest with you i paul george said a really good season but his scoring has fallen off a cliff yeah. ever since robertson got hurt yeah. if they've put him in that role they had assigned Corey brewer to put george back in to really his off-ball free safety role which he does out he's incredibly but i have a hard time putting him over ben simmons who is maybe the best sixers player maybe Let's, you can argue it i i probably it. wouldn't make
1: that argument just yet uh but it's I it's an interesting be, conversation yeah. it,
0: it's it's certainly a debate And then over Horford, who I know you're going to make fun of me for. (laughs) But even Jimmy, I put Jimmy Butler ahead as well. Horford has been really the the, the foundation of any success the Celtics have had this season on the court. It's
1: already too much Celtics and Al Horford talk. Uh, before I let you guys go, you, you had mentioned um, that people hate rookies. The rookie of the year conversation has gotten interesting. i This might surprise you guys. I might be a little biased. Mm. Uh, I've heard a lot of and I, with faults,
2: yeah, Fultz should win
1: for, with Fultz, right? Yeah. He's hes back that he came back. <laughs> I think he just give him the award, uh, but any listener to the Heat Check podcast knows how much I love Donovan Mitchell. I love him so much. I call him Don. I saw him last night. He was fucking killer. I talked to him afterwards. I love him. He He's a really nice kid. He's really thoughtful about the season that he's had and that the Jazz has had. I'm surprised, frankly, by how much push he's gotten on this Rookie of the Year conversation. Really? It, look, it's a
2: conversation, but how much of one? I think it's more of a conversation as we're recording this because of what Ben Simmons said about the race, which, to be honest, makes me want to vote for Ben even more because his fuck you attitude mm-hmm. is amazing. The way that he just like assumes that he's going to be great is... the. Honestly, one not going to be. He 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 thinks he is great. He is great right now. Yeah, and that's like the most interesting thing about him as a personality. It's just like he he is he just expects it to be almost like ascending to the throne.
1: I think all of the arguments though for Donovan Mitchell about his scoring and the way he's marshaled uh, the Jazz when they needed it most, uh, and and everything that he does for that team could be made and one upped with the Sixers and Ben Simmons, right? Like, like, yes, he doesn't shoot the ball and score at that clip, but he does so many other things. And we've seen what he was able to do with Joel Embiid out and keeping that winning streak alive and the fucking endless triple doubles. And look, I love Donovan Mitchell. I just don't think it's the same comparison. Ben also has Joel though. Fair, fair, but hasn't, for the entire year. There's some freak injury with Fultz's shoulder and his face. I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, it was unfortunate. Uh, so the way I heard it, you're both going Ben Simmons. Yeah, yeah it's not even close. It shouldn't even be a, much
0: of a conversation
1: at that's, all. That's the best thing you've ever said on the Heat Check podcast. I think that's the perfect place to end. It's Kevin O'Connor. Uh, make sure you read him on The Ringer. Justin Verrier, make sure you read him on The Ringer. Also, they'll be back later on the week. They, they both do multiple podcasts. Kevin will be back tomorrow uh, with Chris Vernon and Justin will be back on Thursday with group chat gang. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks buddy. Thank you Gon's. All right. Before we do all sixers all the time here at the heat check podcast, one more word from our sponsors check is brought to you by ADT. Is your home an ADT home? If not, get ADT and help protect against break-ins, fire, and carbon monoxide. For a limited time, get ADT's lowest rate starting at just $28.99 a month from the most trusted name in home security. Guess what? We did the math. That's just a dollar a day. You thought I could only use words for a living. We just use numbers. ADT is the first security company to help keep you safe at home when you're on the go with the new ADT Go app. Not to mention the ADT Go also offers a family locator private messaging automatic check-ins and safe driving reports it even includes an sos button with 24 7 emergency response and you get adt go with a purchase of any security system go to adt.com slash podcast to take advantage of adt's lowest rates adt Tested, trusted, proven with the 36 month monitoring contract. Early termination and installation fees apply. Excludes taxes and fees, applies to traditional services only. Certain markets are excluded. Licenses available at ADT.com. And now, all the Sixers you can handle, back to Heat Check.
3: Boom, He's heating up! He's on fire!
1: All right, I'm very excited about this segment joining me on the phone right now from the ringer mlb show he's south jersey's favorite son never been on the heat check podcast he's a first timer michael Bauman is here what's up mike hey and also our surprise guest from the greatest sixers podcast ever which is a very long list there's many podcasts that we could have put it on it he's one half the better half of the rights to ricky sanchez podcast let's welcome in michael Levin. There he is. He's got the music. He's sitting across from me in the spot previously occupied by antagonist of the process, Kevin O'Connor. That's right. Michael Levin, we brought you in. I didn't want to tell anybody because this wasn't sanctioned. This is totally off books. Sure. I have hijacked this podcast with the two of you. Yeah. Just so we normally Chris Ryan would be joining us as well. He has returned to the motherland. He Mm -hmm. heard the siren song, the call. He's gone back to Philadelphia this week. So I had to bring in my two favorite Philadelphians to talk about the Sixers guys who 14 straight wins, tied a franchise record, 50 wins for the first time since 2001. How excited are we? Fired up. (laughs) All the time. <laughs> you see, you people have started reaching out to
5: me saying, I'm worried about what's going to happen to you during the playoffs. Like I'm worried about what if it goes south. A little but bit. But I'm too. still, I think I'm still in everything is gravy mode. I think no matter what, we didn't expect this. 50 wins right now, probably fifty two to finish it off. That's unreal. We're very happy. We're mostly healthy. Everything's gravy no
3: matter what. That's the attitude I'm going to keep. I am turgid and waxing with civic pride right now <laughs> between the Sixers and we're going to get a Flyers-Penguins first-round playoff matchup at the same time. I deeply regret that this is happening at the same time. I actually have to cover baseball because I don't know if I'm going to survive the next couple weeks.
1: That's a lot of baseball, but don't
3: worry about baseball right now. We're worried about the Sixers. Tell my editors that. Yeah, God said I don't have to worry about baseball, so I can just watch basketball for the next two weeks.
1: I went on the Heat Check podcast and he gave me a free pass. Yeah. Mike had mentioned the 50 wins, possibly as many as 52. What did you guys have preseason? I had, I think, 40.
3: That's about where I was. I didn't think Embiid would play this many games. Like, I'm still sort of being cautious with my emotions regarding how how healthy he's going to be. And I didn't, I was not prepared for how good Ben Simmons was going to be. I said this during the the first half of the Cavs game. Like, this looks like a soccer game. Like, this is like just being blitzed, just total one-way action. And... I was, nothing like this was in my head in September, October of last year.
1: No, not even in my wildest fantasies. I will tell you whose fantasy actually did come true. As you were talking, Levin went and grabbed his phone and handed it over to me. And he had a tweet prepared on his phone from February of last year. That's right. Not this year, of 17. And the tweet says, BRB got to buy 52 cats to raise next season. He predicted this over a year ago. Well, there's a man with wild fantasies, right? That's right. That's true. Always have. It's almost like you're writing your own fan fiction. Uh, You mentioned Ben Simmons, who has played out of his head all season long and has played even better with Joel Embiid out of the lineup. He was recently asked who the uh, rookie of the year is, and he said 100% me. Earlier in the year, he was saying, I'm doing things that haven't been done in a long time. I really like Ben Simmons. You know who else likes Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons.
5: Yeah. Big fan of himself. I think rightfully so. He's really good. He knows he's really good. He came up in the LeBron school of uh, really everything and hopefully not hairlines, but he's got it all, man, except for the jump shot, which I have said in the past <laughs> would be really nice if he had, but even without it, unbelievable player
1: has every right to be feeling himself the way he is. All right. But I, I want to mention this because you mentioned the, the jump shot part. I, look, he's, I think the obvious pick for Rookie of the Year. I just talked about this uh, with Verrier and Kevin O'Connor in the previous segment. I don't think anybody that's on the show right now is picking Donovan well, Mitchell. Well, actually, the bit that I have on the rookie is that I, in the same way that I didn't want Ben
5: Simmons to be an all-star because it, was, it would motivate him to get a jump shot and play better the rest of the season, which it has, I am using my non-vote on Donovan Mitchell to win Rookie of the Year. So Ben Simmons, again takes the offseason, gets a jump shot, comes back even better.
1: I like this. I like that you're using the psychology on it. But the jump shot component is not a nothing conversation for the yeah. playoffs, right? Because so. we know what happens in the playoffs. Like, And and also with Fultz, Bauman, like our, what's your level of concern with both of those two? We know Simmons is going to get heavy minutes. We don't know what kind of minutes load they're going to give to Fultz. But you've got a different entity in the playoffs where defenses are going to sag. You're going to pack the paint. And like... They know what Simmons is going to do. And I'm not, I think he's still going to be really, really good. But there is some level of concern with me there.
3: Yeah. I am legitimately worried about the first round until Embiid comes back. Cause I mean, we saw, we've seen defenders sagging off of Fultz. And, you know, Simmons can get to the rim no matter what. But I don't know if that's going to change. I'm sort of hoping for like a, a Pacers or, or Bucks first round opponent because I, I guess, have less confidence in those coaches' ability to make some sort of creative adjustment to uh to expose the Sixers on the offensive end. Cause I don't know what their other option is apart from playing Ilyasova and Bellinelli and Reddick. And when they did those all together against the the Cavs over the weekend, they got torched defensively. So I just hope they hold on it's weird because like this is so Sixers, this supreme confidence in the team, this huge puffy chestedness about what they've done over the past month or so. And also, I don't know if they're not going to get swept in the first round against some crappy heat team or something. So, yeah, I I am a little nervous about the the jump shot, at least until Embiid comes back and he's somebody who can get his own on the offensive end and cover up a lot of those mistakes.
5: Yeah, I agree with that in that
1: I, I can literally have every opinion at once about the Sixers. Yes, this is totally true. I am both supremely confident and a little concerned all the time. <laughs> all the time. It's actually uh, a very Philadelphia state of being mm-hmm. for us. Like, like even I went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I'm like they're in the Super Bowl, and I'm like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. They got to the last game. I don't know. It's gonna. It's right. really because if we're dangerous. talking to Philadelphia
5: fans, it's like yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But if we're talking to other people, then it's like fuck you. It's we're a, gonna win. Yeah. We're Philadelphia City yep. of Champions.
1: We were right all along. Our, you were exactly not right. right about being right. By the way, I yep. I find it fucking fascinating that there's still a strain like this this resistant strain in philadelphia that no they haven't done anything yet i'm like what world do you live in i went on um for those of you who aren't philadelphians nbc sports philadelphia i went on nbc sports philadelphia their talk show Mm -hmm. about a week ago you tell me this and one of the columnists for the philadelphia daily news john smallwood was like, they haven't done anything. They're not any good. Like, where's the parade? And I'm like, if you're using it by that metric, then like this stretch of Houston Rockets basketball that's been the most successful in franchise history means absolutely nothing over the last decade plus because they haven't won a title. That's absurd. And they would probably say that. But that's absurd, right? I mean, like only one team wins a championship every year. How close can you get? Have you maximized your chances? Um, Are you making smart decisions? It's not a zero-sum game. So I just find it fascinating that there's still people out there Trying to argue somehow that the process didn't work.
3: So I had to explain this to Ryan O'Hanlon over the weekend. Like, process people get so up for this, and I had sort of had to explain to them. And part of the reason why is that there are strains of local Philadelphia media that, to use more polite terms, have almost there's like a fanatical reductiveness to their mm-hmm. strain of analysis. That there's just an unwillingness to understand, and like that's so frustrating. If you listen to Mike and Spike over the past 5 years like it's Would just I. The, the the tone is just this aggrievedness at at having to explain this pretty simple concept. So like there are legitimate critiques of what the Sixers had to do to get to where they are, but it's so normative that it's very difficult for people who took this big emotional objection to to the process to sort of come back around. It might literally take a championship. And you know, it, as somebody who who went through that and was bored to tears by the Sixers for the better part of a decade, it, like this is entirely worth it. At least it's been interesting. And now it's, they're interesting and good. So I'll take it.
5: Yeah. The conversation went pretty quickly from they're stupid hinkies, dumb. Everybody who follows these people are just asset humping morons. And then when Embiid and Simmons started playing healthy and playing the way they have, it's, well, when are you going to, Get over it This okay? is really good When are you just gonna Like let us off the hook And just like Why can't Why do you have to keep Rubbing in our faces And it's because Now that I have a national audience <laughs> Listening to this podcast It's because Oh no. we had to absorb God so- said you were
3: coming on I was like Are you sure that's a good idea That's right <laughs> Like That's you-
5: right It's time We had to absorb So much <laughs> shit From so many different people And within our own ranks In Philadelphia yeah. The What did you call them Bauman? Because it was so good Reductive Reductive, reductive? In- Yeah Impressively reductive Like almost You just You just marvel at how dumb
1: some of these people are willfully anti-intellectual strain when it comes to the anti-process arguments but Bauman you're absolutely right like I literally didn't tell the bosses that Mike was coming on because I was afraid of what the answer would be so I was like that's it I'm just gonna
2: hijack my own podcast you didn't even tell me I'm your producer (laughs) well I was
1: trying to save you because if if the Boston bosses come down from on high and fire me I want you to be inoculated from that
2: Wow, I mean I appreciate it, but I also would have liked to know which guests that we were having on for the <laughs> podcast that I produce.
1: Fair point. Fair point. Um so you guys mentioned how fun they are to watch after we've gone through all of this, right? Like and and how right we all were by seeing. We, were. Of, we were so right. Well, I, I think like those of us who thought about basketball in the same way that um, Sam Hinkie thought about basketball, that uh, Ben Falk and Sachin Gupta thought about basketball, where it was just like, OK, like how do we maximize our odds? Like, what are smart decisions? And then, like, we'll set ourselves up for the future. And they'd from an academic standpoint, right? But now it's happened, I think we would all agree, much, much quicker than anticipated. And I want to get into the Cavs game over the weekend because it was, you mentioned it on the recce. That's a game that the Sixers lost forever. Oh, yeah. And they won that game. And it made me think two things. One, I thought, holy shit, this is happening way quicker than I could have anticipated. And then I thought, it's happening without them going and getting another major superstar. This is homegrown. Do we, I mean, like if you can get a LeBron, you want a LeBron, but did it make you think about like maybe they're good without doing something major like that? I go back and forth.
5: Yeah. Every day. Again, holding all opinions at once, I I do go back and forth because part of me says, look at all these guys. They're having so much fun together. Yeah. It's homegrown guys. They know what they are. There's a, the culture that Brett Brown has really harvested for now five years that he's been here, which is one of the longest tenured coaches in the league, which is crazy after yeah. what he's been through. To then say, hey, we're going to add this guy who has taken over franchises, who has determined draft picks and usually are poor choices and gotten coaches fired. And, and really the whole media storm, it becomes him. He's the whole team. He's everything. And I say like, well, why do we want to ruin what's really, really good? On the other hand, He's LeBron. He's LeBron James. And to just go to people's houses who said that the process wouldn't work and say, hey, LeBron chose to sign with us. And I shove my face in, in their face and I kiss them <laughs> and, and I say, you were wrong. Here's a kiss. And then I keep going from house to house to do that forever. It's a long time. It would be really nice. Yeah. And that's a really nice victory lap throughout the country and the world. So I go back and forth. I, I do hold both those opinions Bowman, Where are you?
3: The first half of that, like, the we don't want LeBron is it's such a particular brand of horseshit yeah, that is yeah. so predictable because yeah. the Sixers have a couple other pieces to add. They're going to have cap space. They're going to have at least one other lottery pick to make. And like, do you want to add the best basketball player ever to that? Yeah, I think so. And yes, I'm terrified of what LeBron as de facto GM might do, but it doesn't have to be him. Like it's hilarious how confident we are that he would want to sign in Philadelphia. Or oh, yeah. that it's a possibility. It just seems like a remote one. You know, maybe not a trivially remote possibility, but like it doesn't have to be LeBron. It could be another free agent. It can be another lottery pick who becomes that that last piece. So I don't really care about whether they win in a way that particularly vindicates the process. Like, I just care about beating the Celtics, really.
1: It's (laughs) not so much about the vindication of the process for me as just the storylines, the story arc, right? And it's a really amazing story to see what they've been able to do with a largely homegrown core, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to like, that changes. It just, uh, and it doesn't, like you mentioned, it doesn't have to be LeBron. This would change if you went out and got, you know, like KD or uh, like Kawhi or anybody. If you uh, added automatically an established name brand superstar into that mix and they, they vaulted from a team that was terrible to a team that was really good to a team that was the favorite, Like, it just changes the story arc as opposed to, look at this. Like, look what happened. We were right all along. Like, did it on their own. Like, that's a fun storyline.
3: I think this season sort of inoculates them against that. I think... You're getting a top four seed, you know, winning 50 games. Like this is so clearly Embiid's team right now. Yeah. And you think back to like at no point was that when the Phillies won the five straight division titles, like that was always the Utley, Howard, Rollins, Hamels team. Like as much as everybody loved Cliff Lee and Roy Halladay, they were very clearly the piece to get them over the top. And I think that whoever that importer star would be, that's the kind of role that they would play. Clearly Embiid's team.
1: And I think for all of the people who constantly knocked him and said,
3: he doesn't play enough
1: games and he doesn't do... This or that, like he would have played more games if not for a freak accident with Markel Fultz's shoulder uh like all of that would have gotten shut down i mean like that's you can't go oh well he's injury prone because that could have happened to anybody and it was just weird people still claim that he's on a minutes restriction and he doesn't play that's back absurd. to back which is wrong i don't understand
3: how it's there's so B- much
5: just wrong
1: B- Trutherism, happening. yeah
3: if it's valid to criticize and beat for only playing 75 percent of the games then i think it's valid to criticize al horford for instance for only occupying 75 percent of the vertical space that you'd expect an nba center <laughs> to occupy wow
0: <laughs> wow. We
1: just had Kevin O'Connor on. This whole podcast has been one big let's make fun of Kevin. I haven't
3: spoken to O'Connor in months. It's great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You've ruled it out. You're the new Shay Serrano on this podcast. I want to blow through a couple of the supporting cast that I think like I had, I don't know what kind of expectations for mm-hmm. that have just been better. Dario has had an amazing season. Twenty-three million dollar man and my colleague here at the Ringer, JJ Reddick, who shouted you out who, well, by he, name. He shouted me out, but he said I didn't give him uh, enough love because we're we're coworkers. And so he's right about that. He needs more love. Are we surprised by how good the supporting cast has been? I'm surprised
5: by Balon mentioned earlier how fast they play and how how, fast. how sort of in sync with been each other. Crazy the defense good. is great, and that's why that's why like if they had one more two way guy, if like Luwau had picked it up this year and and was able to hit shots on offense and dribble a little bit and cover like three four positions on defense then they have switchability but it's tough when you have Redick and Bellinelli out there because right. one of them is going to be a mismatch on defense but you need one or both of them a lot of the time that's why Covington's so valuable even when he's not hitting threes is that he can just he's such a he's beast great. on defense yeah. and he spaces the floor just by being there so the supporting cast I'm, I'm impressed by how how they've gelled and how
1: even the Bellinelli-Iliosova
5: signings have opened things up.
1: Bauman, any of the supporting cast guys jump out to you? He's going to say one of the Euro
5: guys. I mean, I've
3: been a Dario guy since the year before. And Ilyasova has been one of my favorite NBA players for <laughs> the past, you know, since he's been in the league pretty much. Uh, so predictably, I picked the two Euro forwards. Yep. I'm surprised that Dario is shooting as well as he has. Yeah, me too. I thought that he could develop into being a competent three-point shooter, but he's just been lights out. And that I did not see coming.
1: He's been amazing. And, and I was all over Dario from before they drafted him. And then when they drafted him, I got a lot of pushback from the aforementioned recalcitrant anti-process people who were like, he's never coming over. How, no. do, how do you know if he's any good? And I'm like, I don't know. I watched his games. He seems like he's pretty good to me. And why couldn't he help a team that could use, you know, good passing and smart decisions and, you know, if he could ever shoot better. And now he's shooting better. I think he's everything we ever hoped he could be and more already. Unbelievable. Yeah. There's a lot of fun things going on with the Sixers. We mentioned some of the rotations and like what it might look like in the playoffs. I think it's pretty well established you can't play Simmons and Fultz at the same time. I was just wondering like how many minutes you would give him per... Like for me like 15-ish, somewhere in that neighborhood. For you. I think that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fine. The question, though, uh, for Mike Levin, resident, maniac, writes to Ricky Sanchez, listener, and also best friend of TJ McConnell. That's right. Who's getting run when it really comes down to crunch time? Are you going with TJ and you need a couple minutes or are you going with Fultz? Well, I think they have established
5: Fultz's minutes as like He'll he'll bridge the gap from like the last few minutes of the first quarter into the early second quarter, and then he sits until he does the same thing for the last few minutes of the third quarter into the fourth quarter, and that's pretty much when Ben sits. And they're they're they've overlapped very little, and I think that in the playoffs especially, you just can't play them together. And Fultz, I would say, over the course of a seven game series, becomes really predictable without a jump shot you can see guys just... He sort of gets stood up by guys while they're, while they're standing in front of him. He's not crazy fast or crazy athletic. He sort of more glides. And if and if there's not the threat of a jump shot, then his like herky-jerky sort of off-balance thing like just doesn't work as well. And so I could see that over the course of a seven-game series his minutes sort of going down and TJ getting those minutes because at least he can like play under control. You know what
1: you're getting with TJ. You know what you're getting a, like a lower, it's a lower ceiling for you sure, you but it's a higher. You're getting with TJ. But it's a okay, higher <laughs>
3: Bauman, you've had this anti If TJ was from Estonia, you'd be all over him. <laughs> Estonia. If TJ was from Estonia, he wouldn't have made it out of summer league.
1: Um, I love, I love the, uh, the heat between you two on TJ. <laughs> I'm pro TJ. Real quick, before we finish this up, Michael Levin and Michael Bauman as everybody who listens to this podcast, but certainly to the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast knows there's been a little heat between the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast and Kevin O'Connor. Yep. Um, I'm a little behind enemy lines. Kevin O'Connor has a lot of enemies. Shea Serrano, Michael Bauman, the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, but the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast banned him for his really bad Al Horford take. That's right. You just saw him in person. I did. Gave him a hug. You gave him a hug. I would like to right now give you the opportunity to unban him as you sit in Ringer Studio HQ after hugging Kevin O'Connor. Is he unbanned from the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast? And I'm
5: sitting in this seat and using the microphone that he just used. Just used it. I can smell his saliva. You can smell him on it. And the saliva smells banned. Very banned. <laughs> Incredibly banned. He just put his first team All-NBA out. <laughs> yeah. Where he put LaMarcus Aldridge. Yes. As a starting center. Rebanned? Reband? Double band. Double double extra, secret band. Extra wow. band. I got a first team All-NBA for you. Yeah, It's the best starting lineup in the league. It's Ben Simmons, <laughs> JJ Redick, oh, no. Robert Covington, Dario Saric, Joel Embiid. There's your first team NBA.
1: Bauman, I think you might have been right. I think I might have made a mistake by bringing him on. Yeah,
3: <laughs> it's just so exhausting. It's I could li-
1: keep going. It's a little bit much. Please don't. Uh, that's enough from you and, and from the Sixers. Uh, sorry, Kevin, I tried to get you unbanned. I want to thank everybody who was on the program today. Shea, KOC, Justin Verrier, Michael Bauman from the MLB podcast. Make sure to listen to him. Mike Levin from the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. Say the name. Isaac Iceman Lee.
2: Is that what we're going with now?
1: Isaac Iceman Lee, you are the best. Thank you so much for producing this. Make sure to listen to all of the Ringer podcast KOC and Verno on Tuesday. Sources say on Wednesday, group chat on Thursday, draft class on Friday. My God, gang, there's so much basketball. It is a very exciting time. I will be back next week from the road. Thanks for listening to the Heat Check Podcast. See ya.